0: And welcome to American Soccer Analysis. I'm Harrison Crow. Joined with my PIC Ian middle name Giff Lamberson. Uh, dude, I don't know about you, but yesterday I spent most of yesterday stalking people on Twitter and my timeline for their top five books. My book list like is ever expanding. I think I have like 90 on my like to do list now. And uh, I know like yesterday was. The transfer deadline, but that's kind of what I used it for. Oh, wow, yeah. I mean, I spent
1: it just refreshing Twitter looking for transfer updates, but (laughs) that was cool. I'm glad.
0: I I put mine up there. National Reader Day, hashtag, right? Is that what it was? Yeah, I I thought that that's that's what it was. Maybe it's like National Book Day. That would make more sense. It's National
1: Transfer Day, and it should be called as such, and I will write my congressperson to make sure that the 9th of August is declared a day of Twitter stalking. (laughs)
0: <laughs> I mean, regardless, in, so long as perpetuity. you're stalking someone on social media.
1: Yeah, mainly I, I, Stephen I, Goff this time around, who seemed to be on top of literally every transfer that was going through.
0: For reals, dude. That guy sounded like one of the busiest, uh, at least as far well, he, there was one other who was – there was one other that was extremely busy. Um, Noria was doing a lot as well. Tenorio always does really good work, but there was one other. Who was it that uh, ca- they got called out by uh, old uh, Merritt Polson?
1: Oh, that was just your classic MLS transfers. That's- no,
0: no, no, no. Someone, someone corroborated it, which is I the only really reason. Why- yeah. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, this this morning, uh, e, what is it? E pluribus uh, lunum. Uh, yeah. Put out there that there was actually they retweeted. Someone and I'm trying to remember who it was. Actually, this is, you know, makes for great podcasting as I, you know, go through this list really fast as I look it up. Oh, are you are you talking about the the deal that didn't happen with Correct.
1: um, They said Maddox was involved. Yeah, uh, Jeff Reuter. That's who it was. Jeff Reuter, okay. Well, there you go. I like Jeff, so I'm just gonna say that we've all been we've all been chastised by Merritt Paulson, Jeff Reuter. Don't worry about it. It is uh,
0: (laughs) It was Johan uh, Venegas and uh, Darren Maddox uh, a quasi discussion. So uh, that would have been an interesting trade, actually. Yeah, I. Oh well. It, what 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 could have been, right? Yep, exactly what could have been. So but lots did happen. Lots yes. did happen. We're going to get to that. Stay with us. We're just not. Question. Uh, what? Question for you though. Question, go. Do
1: you ever remember a deadline day being this busy before? No.
0: I don't even remember it being this interesting.
1: Yeah, this is this is exactly what I've wanted for so long from MLS is to have one of these days that just everything gets mixed up and thrown around and people are just throwing cash around. Uh, I told my friend at MLS I wanted, I demanded six trades and and boy did they they absolutely deliver. So I, I'm really excited to get into all this because this is this list is just amazing.
0: Yeah, I mean even the Philadelphia Union signed a tattoo artist so. <clears throat> Oh, Philadelphia. Oh, poor Jared Young. Jared, <sighs> I, I really feel for you, brother. I really do. All right. Uh, <laughs> before we get to all the transfers, uh, weird stat line of the week. Are you ready? Yeah. Tell me about it. So Diego Valeri had that amazing strike, the uh, the quote-unquote thunder strike uh, at the 31 minute that broke the deadlock between Portland and L.A., pushed Portland towards a win, um, and it was one of the longest shots of the weekend, over 25 yards, and it had the lowest expected goal of any shot that scored a goal this weekend uh, at almost 3%. Really?
1: That low? Yes. I mean. They need to respect, the numbers should respect this Diego Valera, and he does what he wants.
0: Well, I think part of it is, uh, and we kind of, or we didn't talk about this, but uh, Matt Doyle kind of went into it, the fact that he had all this open space ahead of him. He had a really Mm -hmm. great opening that I don't think you normally would see because, you know, lo and behold, there should be some magic uh, center uh, defensive-esque player that uh, maybe, I don't know, corrals you and doesn't give you an entire field of vision, you know, 25, you know, yards away from goal. Uh, I, I, I would think with LA, that would be, um, oh yeah, Jermaine Jones. Oh, where was Jermaine Jones? Jermaine Jones had just missed trying to steal the ball from Diego Valeri. Uh, That's it was right. just completely uh, ineptitude at its finest. And, and you know, not to kick Jermaine Jones for the sake of kicking Jermaine Jones, but it was just—it was kind of a silly play that he's known for for doing. He has that propensity to to kind of—I uh, I think Doyle referred to it as hero ball—and I think it's a, a great. Um, casting right a
1: little overextension he's just one appreciates guts and ambition in a player but there's a time and there's a place (laughs) and much like freddie montero has so much confidence in his long shooting ability (laughs) that maybe he shouldn't we appreciate uh the ambition of some of these efforts sometimes it's better to just do the safe thing and anytime your assignment is mark diego valeri always do the safe thing yeah otherwise
0: your 3% shots become goals yep so um, yeah let's get on into the uh, the craziness of the MLS transfer window. So okay. we're gonna we're gonna hit these hard. We're gonna hit these fast because we got a lot to cover. And I went back a yeah. little bit, so um, I didn't hit every single one. And we're gonna probably skip a few. And you know, if you want to send us hate mail, or uh, I, I think I've been we we've been tweeting out a voicemail number. You can call us and you can send us uh, voicemails about why we skipped over some USL player. If you if you really want
1: to get into that Alex Cap signing Minnesota fans, just send me a tweet and we could talk about it. But for the most part, we're going to just assume that we'll just call that what it was, which is a depth siding. So, all right, let's do this.
0: All right. So we're going to focus mostly on starter rotationals um, that are going to impact, you know, the, the starting 11 for the foreseeable future. So New England back in May, um, I kind of wanted to talk about this just because Gershon Kofi signs with New England. This is supposed to fix a lot of stuff. And we kind of went into this last podcast But I kind of went back through and I did some digging. So in the last nine uh, games that they've played, he started, uh, Kofi started and played for a full 90 minutes. Through those games, uh, they've given up 17 goals and had nine points. That's not great. That's not a great record. No.
1: I don't, I don't really think that that Gershon Coffee was supposed to be like the the one piece that fixes everything, but I, he was supposed to help and he hasn't. So um, New England's defense is still bad. Uh, they have addressed other things in their transfer window, which we'll get into later. Yeah, but
0: uh, a little a little underwhelming for me. Uh, so that's just my two cents. DeShorn uh, DeShorn Brown uh, still also kind of been a little bit lackluster signed May 20th, or excuse me, June 20th uh, by DC. He was meant to kind of bring in and reprieve Patrick Mullins after Mullins had a pretty big injury. I've yet to kind of really believe in uh, where he was when he left Colorado. He's still acclimating. He's still kind of acclimating to the league and the team. Uh, It'll be interesting to see what he's like at the end of the season. Yeah, I think with any DC player right now,
1: we're going to have to push all real judgment until next year, because this year is such a, I mean, it's basically a lost cause. I mean, they're they're doing a lot. Obviously, we'll get to the many, many things that DC United did yesterday, um, later, Uh, but how am I supposed to look at Deshaun Brown with the system that team currently has, the personnel it currently has, and say, like, you're not doing good enough? I don't feel like I can at this point.
0: Uh, June 22nd, San Jose signs VACO. And VACO, uh, three days later, Dom Kinnear uh, parts with San Jose. VACO is supposed to be that that number 10 that really brings San Jose out of, well, San Jose-ness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, you
1: know, he's still getting match fit, so we're going to have to kind of wait and see on him a little bit as well. Uh, but this is just another piece that San Jose have, and they just keep picking up these little attacking pieces that are really, really interesting to me. And, uh, I, you know, I they seem to be doing well or better with Tommy Thompson and with Jackson Ewell right now. So if he disrupts that, it could be problematic, but I, I see no reason not to have a
0: lot of hope here. Portland Timbers, June 26th, signed Larrys, Mabala, uh, central defender. He looks to be pairing next to Liam Ridgewell, which will hopefully shore up that uh, really bad uh, back line for Portland. And and I'm not trying to kick uh, Portland. I know the last couple podcasts, I I don't think we've necessarily said overwhelmingly nice things. Uh, And it's not necessarily because they don't have an interesting team in and of themselves. They just have a defense that over the over the season it and it has gotten better um, they're not quite as you know fledgling um, as they were they're still in the lower half of the table as far as expected goals against but it's gotten better and hopefully uh, mabala can kind of come in and, and affect positive change
1: yeah I don't think he's been perfect in what we've seen him so far by any stretch of the imagination but he's been good and uh well, Portland still isn't keeping clean sheets or anything like that. They they are they are getting points again. So, so far, so. July
0: first, Seattle Sounders signed Kelvin Leerdam. Speaking of teams that absolutely need to fix um, their their defense, Seattle's been atrocious, and it, and really they started out really interesting from a defensive standpoint, and they've just gotten steadily worse and they're quickly approaching the worst in the league and expected goals against. Hopefully Leardam can kind of steer them in, that, in the right uh, kind of the right direction, although he's more of attacking-facing, so I, I don't know how that's going to really work.
1: Yeah, I think he's less prone to being attack-minded as, say, Jovin jones I think he, he makes a little bit of a later run um kind of to provide outlets rather than driving the ball like Jones does on the other flank. But this was definitely a position to need that was just kind of a rotating cast of people filling in. I mean, at some at one point they've had Christian Oldan playing right back. So I mean like this was definitely something I needed to address. And uh since he's joined, I don't think they've given up a goal since he stepped in that right. one time against D C uh, so yeah, that seems to be uh, working very well for them. I'm 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 happy with that signing. So
0: July 3rd, Real Salt Lake signs Marcelo Silva for central defender, and really this is kind of what uh, prompted Mon to be traded off to Vancouver uh, just a couple days ago or yesterday, and we'll get to that in just a second. Mm-hmm. But um, there's a lot of they're they're putting a lot of uh, investment towards him. You know, he's 28 years old. Uh, we would think healthy they've had so many troubles with trying to keep defenders healthy uh this is this is a really positive signing for them yeah i like it Kids veteran center back can't can't say no to that minnesota united signs sam nicholson uh from hearts and the scotter premiership let me i i don't want to go into that because that's a rabbit trail but uh, <laughs> i was going to make a a comment about the the, the word premiership but um, he looks to be <laughs> trying not to do a rabbit trail, right? Uh, yeah, let's talk about that one. Nicholson, like, he, rotational depth, I guess?
1: Uh, he's He's been in the starting lineup for them. I think he's, I don't know, it. I mean, we're going to get into this as we talk more about transactions that happen. Uh, they have a bit of a glut of, of wingers at this point. Um, but Nicholson's young. Uh, he looks looks tidy in the games I've seen of him. I don't think he's gonna, you know, lead them to the MLS Cup next year or anything like that.
0: But he's a he's a good piece. Uh, I think that was a good buy. And I said he was a central defender. He's a winger. I apologize. Thus perpetuating. Yeah, he's kind of out wide. Yeah. yeah. Perpetu- those perpetuating flights. the yeah. stereotype that they want all wing wingers, but you know he's 22. Yeah, like you said, uh, I think it's kind of interesting. We'll get into how that might affect other things here um, in just a just a second. Uh, Pelivan Anholt, uh, LA Galaxy, July 12th, right back. He seems to be really interesting. I- I've
1: yeah, good. Yeah, I, I don't. It's really nice for them to kind of have. They're obviously going to have a big overhaul this off season, and
0: he's not going to be part of it. Like that
1: position is set. That's good for them.
0: That's a well, good yeah. It's twenty. I mean, he's twenty six years old. He's a TAM signing. This mm-hmm. this is something that it, they're going to be able to build around uh, post uh, Robbie Rogers, and so that's really that's really promising to see for a team that has pretty much bossed all of MLS around for the last you know five years that they're five. <laughs> after just seeing a destruction of that back line really started last year and it's just continued on it's good to see that they're finally getting things under control um in an organization that's had so much uh, kind of mismanagement uh, the last six to eight months yeah agreed on all counts i i guess we talk about uh michael boxall i don't really feel the need to um
1: He's not very yeah. good. I mean... <laughs> I don't really understand this purchase. He's He just is a subpar MLS defender in a back line that does not need another subpar uh, MLS defender. But there there you go. Yeah. That's what they did. Uh, someday someone will come to help Calvo and save Speaking
0: him. Speaking of subpar defenders, Sean Francis was traded to Montreal Impact July 13th mm-hmm, from mm-hmm. the San Jose Earthquakes. Um, cool. Cool. I mean, Sean Francis. Yeah, Sean Francis. He's not great. It's not great. He's Sean Francis. Francis. Now he plays for Montreal. <laughs> That's all there is to say His Wikipedia f- uh, picture has him ha- with a Chelsea shirt on that I'm sure that he bought at some store. Sure. That's where you get shirts. That's where you get shirts. Uh, Nicholas Hassler. Uh. Yeah. Uh, I think this is really all Toronto did, all they needed to do. They're fine. <laughs> right. Cool. I, I mean, they just kind of grabbed him and was like, okay, this will be, continue to be depth. Like, I don't even think he... he he's depth
1: on the outside, yeah. Cover up for uh, Morrow if he gets hurt again or, yeah. Well,
0: That's, what's crazy is... Good. good work. I don't know how they continue to pull off moves like this. Like, he's not a depth piece for any other team. He's a depth piece for Toronto, but he's probably not a depth piece for, say, like, Vancouver or even Seattle. No, probably not. Yeah. They've just they're stocked with, with defenders
1: right now and just as they are at every position. They're they're they've built quite a roster. So this is just another piece to it. There's uh I don't know who's doing all the work there, like but the their team is is, is just doing such a, a a fantastic job. I mean it,
0: it can for, sure, for sure. Brandon Allen, uh winger on loan from New York Red Bulls to Minnesota United. United hasn't used him. Now, here's my question to you, and this has nothing to do with Brandon Allen. I'm sure you could probably care less about Brandon Allen. Yeah, I don't I don't care much
1: about Brandon Allen at this time. It's not to say I won't in the future, Brandon Allen. Show me something. And I'll talk to I'll talk So
0: among him. other Portland <laughs> among other uh Portland rumors, there was uh a rumor that emerged about Jeremy emboss uh embossing. Uh Bise, yes. Yeah, even be say um, that there was a couple teams that were looking and asking and calling Portland concerning his availability as the backup to uh, Fernando Adi, and he already had a really good game, a uh, couple of you know good games. You know, number three, uh, what number three overall draft pick this past year. He obviously is immensely talented. Um, yeah, he's uh, he a great player. Ranked high on USL's, you know, uh, little these players are good and young list uh the question that i pose to you is why don't more people loan out young depth um i think it's because well there's just not you mean like within the like league to league no like within let's say minnesota and it's probably a bad example because they've already stocked most of their positions they don't if they played maybe a two-striker position it's possible but minnesota came to um seattle and let's say olex anderson's healthy they say we want to use olex anderson can we have him and seattle was like hey for a small fee nominal fee sure why not
1: because i I think they have this is part of what they they have their like usl clubs down a lot of these teams and there are other like just affiliates too that it kind of goes down to and that and like a lot of teams aren't trying to develop other teams' youth prospects. Like, they have their own. I mean, I could see it. It would be nice if there was, like, a better tier, like if we could pipeline these people out to a different league somewhere else. But but uh, I don't think the squads are deep enough to really be sending people away that you think might play minutes for you at any point, even not a lot of them.
0: Well, and especially, see, my thought process is this league especially where this window is positioned there's not a lot of time left in the season and with that you're not necessarily hoping they get developed right you're hoping that they see mls minutes versus usl minutes yeah and so it's kind of more of a hey are they how many minutes are they going to see here is there what's the probability or potential for them to play minutes mls minutes at that other club okay, you're gonna pay me something a small nominal fee you know seventy five thousand or whatever it is you know under the table to take care of his you know his weight his charge for while he's there, yeah, why oh uh, yeah. Uh, So, and, you know, I had this conversation on Twitter. I think I had it with Mark or I had it with a couple other people. And, you know, they were very against it. Uh, I don't mean to put words in your mouth. You don't seem necessarily inclined to to approach it. But I I just see that there's value in a maneuver such as this. And I'm not saying it's good for every situation. And obviously, Brandon Allen's not playing minutes for Minnesota. That being said, uh, they're stocked with wingers. And he's a winger. So it's not like he has a real fighting chance, you know, perhaps if, you know, like five injuries occur in one day, weekend, he'll be utilized, but aside from that. Yeah, and I think this is what the deal is. I I just don't think
1: loans are something in other leagues around the world that function as uh a big get for the getting team and that are a uh kind of relieving of a burden. Like it's somebody else you don't have to worry about rotating. Um, that you don't necessarily want to give up the rights to, but aren't in your plans this year. I don't think that the amount of players in MLS that fit that description are is significant <laughs> um, enough that like you can afford to give up pieces that that are like even third or fourth on your depth chart. There's just not enough there. Um, it, it would have to be a very specific situation, and it's just not one that I see a lot. You do see it very rarely. Zavaleta uh you know got loaned a couple times i uh yeah I, it would be an interesting thing to do i i just i don't see a lot of, of situations where it'd be beneficial to both teams
0: all right uh we'll just go off uh Tomaz Martinez over at Houston central midfielder uh he he's definitely a starter uh, that's going to be going into that system. He's extremely young at 22 years old. Mm-hmm. I, I say extremely young. He's he's on the young side of things. MLS is continually getting younger, but as someone that they kind of they they're looking for a creative type, somebody to a alleviate uh, Alex and someone to get that ball to Eric Torres. I don't necessarily know he's he's the best person for that type, and I don't necessarily think that that's what they thought they were getting in him. I think he's a two-way player from everything that's been described to me. He's a really interesting two-way player that has some creative ability. I think he's gonna be put in that role, I mean,
1: I think he's gonna be that 10. I think that's why that got him, uh, is yeah. is my understanding,
0: and I, well, it's a project, and, for sure. Yeah. But I don't think I don't necessarily I, I I agree with you. He's probably going to be placed into that role, and I think he has creative ability. That being said, I think part of what they got him for was they have a specific system that they are implementing down there. And it's very uh, similar to what the Red Bulls have done over the last couple years with that high press. Yeah. Right. And I think that with his aptitude and tendencies to play defensive. And maybe play in uh, maybe not necessarily a ten role, but have some features of a ten will actually benefit them. I don't think they were looking strictly at a ten. I think they 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 saw what happens when you go for a ten that doesn't necessarily that's on one side of the ball, <clears throat> Christian Madonna. Um, so you're gonna you're looking for pieces that fit the system that you're looking for, and I think that this could this could be a really interesting get that's not necessarily flashy. Uh, that we've seen in a lot of different aspects such as Diego Valeri, Vaco, mm. uh, you know, Nicholas Ladero. This is still going to be um somebody that has some highlight moments but also plays that two way um that they need.
1: Yeah, he's a project. That's that's it. And he's teachable. He's still young enough that he can learn a system. And uh yeah, I'm 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 excited to see this guy on the field. I uh I, I like what Houston's been doing uh with their with their uh their, their transactions
0: lately so i'm I'm curious to
1: get a good look at this guy
0: all right so uh i'm gonna i'm gonna skip boldor uh i'm sorry montreal if you want to come back and talk about joy saputo's latest uh i guess import project. Yeah, yeah project <laughs> um
1: you know, I don't. I don't know much about about the so uh, I I will do a better job of of, of researching him if you want to talk yeah. about the Amboldor, guys. We'll do it next
0: week. Yeah. So the next one is Francois uh Folter.
1: Yeah, Francois Folter with uh, San Jose. So another interesting pickup.
0: Yeah, they had to go and purchase an international roster spot for him. Yes, they gave Atlanta money. Ugh. <laughs> And you know that's increasingly a discussion to have about the the passing around. Um, we uh, I'll get into that in a little bit, but you know it's interesting that San Jose adds someone that basically fits uh, Victor Bernardez's description. Only twenty six, and not thirty four.
1: Yeah. yeah, he's one, and he if they're gonna stick with that three piece back line with essentially three center backs. They need better center backs. They've got, Bernardes is fine. You know, uh, Jungwerth is, is really, really good. Uh, this could be a great signing for them. I'm actually, I don't know why, but this one stuck out to me. as a really, really intriguing one.
0: Uh, the next up, uh, well, there's Stefan Maranovic, but uh, we'll, we'll go straight for the throat. Dom Dwyer, Orlando City. What are your thoughts? I think, I think Orlando City gave up
1: a lot of allocation for him. And depending on how much you value that. And there given are. that I don't know what kind of injections are coming, there's a rumored, you know, two million dollar TAM injection coming in the off season. It's sort of hard to judge on those terms. Uh so I'll stick with Is or is Dom Dwyer the right person for Orlando City? I think so. Uh you have to assume Laren is gone. Uh, in this, this offseason. I, I can't see them making this move while planning on keeping him. Um, and now they've got that taken care of. And they're already a few months ahead of that transition period. So this could be a really good thing for them. It's obviously the guy they really wanted. This was their guy that they made their number one transfer priority. And they got him. And I got to say, good job. You got him. And I, I, I don't know that we'll see that pay dividends this year. Uh, but going forward... I think that it's a solid move for Orlando, and I think Sporting KC did very, very well to get a King's Ransom for him.
0: Oh, yeah. They, get, they got paid. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Colorado Rapids got Stefan Einer, um, which from all accounts, from German forums and whatever that are out there, it seems like there's a lot of people impressed with the fact that Colorado was able to pry this guy away from the Bundesliga um, in 1860. Um, mm-hmm. He's an attacking midfielder that has creative ability, which you have to then wonder, why did Colorado go after him? Uh, so, they can stick him up. so they can stick him on the way. Uh, yeah. Oh, poor Gashi. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's something in and of itself uh, that doesn't make a lot of sense, considering how they've wanted to play, how... Um, They've basically filleded their lineup for the last three years, and I don't want to like
1: discourage Colorado Rapids no. from signing players like this either. Like, good, good. You got an attack-minded player, the guy that can get forward, show some creativity. Uh, he can play on the wing, and that's probably where they'll stick him. Um, it's good. That's great. I don't. Obviously, that was not. This is not a team that is one piece away from a difference, and so I, it, it would be unfair to think that that Stefan Inier is going to be that uh but it's a good start and hopefully sort of signals maybe if not a complete change in philosophy at least nodding that occasionally it's good to have creative attacking fun players yeah
0: and and look i we've talked about this not trying to kick Colorado you know we, we make you know snarky comments Colorado has a specific system that has worked for them in the past and I think it's going to come and it's going to go in terms of how they apply that they have to have the right pieces they have to have a healthy lineup you know those things are things that haven't necessarily gone well for them and it's good to see that they're going and getting talented uh, attacking players that right now is their weakness I, I defensively that's not a weakness, you know. They're still yep. a pretty good uh, defensive team, you know. They're they're a, in the upper half uh, for uh, expected goals against. So you know, where as opposed, you know, for expected goals for, they're second from the bottom. You know, they they need an injection of attacking uh, capabilities, and hopefully, uh, th- you know, Iannar will h- help them. In some way, whether that's on the wing or you know from a uh, central position. Yep. Um, going down here, where are we at? Uh, Bill. Uh, Tui- Bill Tualoma. Yeah, yep. Tulioma. Um, fullback, center, defensive mid from uh, Marseille. Uh, I kind of have him as a depth piece. I think that's correct. Yeah, I would say that he
1: probably. I don't think he overtakes either of those defensive infielders in Portland's system or. Uh, a spot from Ridgewell or uh, Mabiala, so I think that they have had trouble keeping a lot of those players healthy, and this is just a good backup. So well done,
0: uh, Jonathan De Santos, um, coming from yes, Villarreal. Um, I don't know if anybody's heard of him. Uh, yeah, he's he's he's
1: got a very famous brother here.
0: Yeah, that's right. That's that's we're gonna get em- we're gonna get hate mail. People people are gonna over explain.
1: I, I guess the question I have is, this is a good player. He's going to be a good player. Obviously, he's going to be a good That's player. That's not a question, sir. That's not a question. I'm building to my question. Is this the right player?
0: His last name ends Dos Santos. Yes, it is. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think that's totally fair. It's it's the question of where does he fit, right? We have a 1001 uh central midfielders and to be perfectly honest, I think we talked about this last week. They already have pieces there that were is, already above average. Is, yeah,
1: going for like are you going to move Lejeune out wide now? Uh when I think he's a lot more effective in the center. Uh, it's just an interesting move. I don't think this was their number one priority going into this window. I think they wanted Zlatan or someone of that ilk. Um, and I, I think this was just kind of a grab they took of a, of a good name player that that they
0: can kind of market and build around for next year. So, I we'll I, see. Th- I, I would go the opposite route. I think that Sebastian uh, Leggett is probably headed out. With how much uh, money is being exchanged around the league nowadays, I think that the there's going to be a team that goes and grabs it, whether that's Columbus that needs, it's going to probably need a playmaker. You know, we all assume that. Well, hey, I mean, look, they, they're uh, going to. I was laughing at imagining poor Sebastian LeJet moving from his
1: glamorous LA to Columbus.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, you, we all assume Justin is going to st- step in there, but, you know, Kakuta Mane steps out. You throw in Justin yeah. Merrim out there on that wing, and then you. Uh, Pippa leaves and you go ahead and you know Federico Inguain's not there anymore you need an attacking midfielder of some kind while that's not necessarily you know what Leggett's done uh, he has a lot of really interesting tools that maybe he fits in that perspective yeah it's gonna be
1: interesting to see what happens with him this offseason but all in all good signing Jonathan Dos Santos obviously good player will do good things
0: uh, the most important thing that happened to the New York Red Bulls, um, probably Fidel Escobar. Um, <laughs> I, I'm not even sure if he, I, What's the over-under on 200 minutes? On, let's say, over two games being played. Knowing their injury? Oh, that's... Uh, <laughs> <laughs>
1: I don't want to jinx them.
0: Yeah, that's mean. Uh, Welcome n- to
1: the New York Red Bulls, uh, Fidel Escobar. I'm sure you'll do five.
0: Just be, it'll be really interesting to see how uh, how he fits there going forward. Yeah. Uh, just looking at the next piece. So Claudia De, uh, Danella um, Delina. Claudia Yep. yep. Cla- oh, Claudia yeah. I'm throwing words Another in there.
1: Another defensive piece added by New England that doesn't seem to make a ton of sense at first glance.
0: Well, I mean it yes and no. I mean he's obviously a starting caliber central defender. They need that a lot. The question well, I shouldn't say it's obvious that he's that caliber. I think the question is, is he quite in that range of starting caliber? Right. Well,
1: I don't I'm not gonna sit here and pretend like I have watched a ton of Claude Dialna games in my life. Um but I do. We do have a friend uh, who does scouting, and his report on Diallo was that he's actually a little bit more of an outside back, someone that would play on the left, uh, and that he's more athletic than ability, and has been not great on a lot of not great teams. So, well, he's a Tam signing, I believe.
0: Yeah, I mean, the the last. I mean, he was on Sheffield Wednesday. He pretty much took a bunch of different loans. Um, around really never was on anybody he was on uh, Olympiacos that you know but never played any games for them was again loaned out to a bunch of different he's definitely seems overpaid for what they're facilitating that being said there there is a lot of reports that he's a starting caliber I mean people that are smarter than you or me that have seen him seen old Claude play Mm -hmm. Um, it'll be really interesting to see how actually he he develops in that position for a team that absolutely needs to stop the bleeding
1: yeah if I'm New England I I throw him in the lineup for sure just to see if it fixes anything or or gives you anything different than what you've got you've got problems back there Uh, but am I hopeful that this is the answer to their question no I'm not I am often wrong. We shall
0: see how Claude Dielna does. So uh the next one that I have on the list, Seattle Sounders, Victor Rodriguez. Um, I have in the notes rotational depth LOL question uh, okay. <laughs> mark. so like he's legitimately in the past three years since Dempsey's arrived, maybe the, the right behind um Ladero as terms of like quality of player that's come into this team. Mm-hmm. Like he's a no joke, really good right winger that's being already o- the I mean the right wing's already occupied right now by Ladero because Dempsey's in the middle. What what's yeah. happening? Like I it's kinda Jordan Morris is on the <laughs> left. So I mean is Morris I think you're gonna
1: see I think you're gonna see Ladero go left, Dempsey stay middle, Rodriguez go right, and then Morris up top it would be my prediction for what happens with this.
0: You you know, you what does and I... That bu- mean
1: for our, what does that mean for our good friend, Will Bruin? I don't know. I don't know. I love the dancing bear. I love the dancing bear, too. But uh, there will be plenty of opportunity and minutes to play, and he's also been very effective in a substitute role. So, um, yeah, this is a tan player. Like If they didn't buy him to start, then they overpaid for him. And... Uh, I know that uh, I think it was going to be a lot more interesting if they managed to pull the, get the, the Derlis deal down as he would have had a lot of shakeup in that, that top four. But I think he just slots into that, that missing slot that, that's been kind of a, a, a rotating cast of subpar performances.
0: Should be a good signing. So uh, next, Samuel Piette. Uh, Piette? Yeah. I mean, we're uh, kind of... Piette. Yeah, Montreal Piette. impact. The midfielder, um, it looks like he's a depth piece. That's. I mean, not yep. to cast stones and, you know, just, uh, not necessarily an impact piece, but will definitely, uh, assist them in the, in the midfield, which they need help with. Yeah. I think Montreal yeah. kind of needs help with everything at this stage. Yeah. Aside from, from port, you know, the uh, left wing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wherever P.I. is. Yeah. Aside from that. Uh, Bruno Miranda, uh, Miranda, uh, coming from Chile, uh, it's the word came out today that uh, after they've signed him two days ago, or a week ago, or whatever it's been, that they're probably going to put him out on loan uh, for the rest of the year. So that's, yeah, that's kind of anticlimactic. He, <laughs>
1: well, he's, <laughs> I mean, yeah, he's he's very much a uh, say project. A, he's a wage project. Yep. Okay, he's a project. <laughs> uh, that's a good soccer analyst right there. Good soccer analyst work Uh, Yeah, he's a project. So uh, good. There you go. You like it when people go out and loan. Uh, (laughs) So if you can, let him develop out there. But it's nice that DC has his rights. There's a lot of flashes of ability there. Uh, This could be a good signing that we might not see bear fruit until a year or two down the road. But part of the DC renovations, I'm all for it. Could work, DC. Yoshi
0: uh, (laughs) Yotun. He was basically brought in from Orlando City for all intents and purposes, quote-unquote, to be the Kyle Beckerman.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah, that was an interesting uh, description of him. Uh, I think he is going to be a very good player. Uh, I like this guy's pedigree a lot, um, and he is kind of what Orlando need. Uh, they've got other pieces in that midfield that are good to okay and sort of will johnson you know he's not at his best when he's having to do all of that work himself so this is going to put take some of the burden off him and uh, yeah i think this could be a very good a very good
0: time. I, I thought it was funny our our good friend on, on twitter uh tiago estavon uh, estavo um yes he uh <laughs> he was like where is he gonna play he's a fullback
1: Uh, (laughs) Yeah, I've seen this guy listed as a playmaker, a defensive midfielder, and a left. So I'm I'm just going with the idea that he is some sort of uh, just midfield rotational piece that can do whatever he wants to do. He can slot it anywhere. So he's versatile, and that is good for a team like Orlando.
0: Yeah, especially when next year already – they seem like they're on the cusp of having to not necessarily blow things up but definitely reload right? And you kind of yeah, alluded absolutely. that to that earlier with the, uh, the Domed Wire uh, discussion but yeah they have different pieces I mean Carlos Rivas will, uh, will obviously finally be below the DP range. You're also uh, shipping out uh, a DP and then you're well uh, I'm sorry excuse me Kyle laren's not a DP I don't know why I said that. Uh, but no, yeah. you're also seeing uh, probably Kaká retire, so um, you know you're definitely gonna have D- two DP slots open, and uh, yeah, you're gonna have a lot of lot of interesting choices to make.
1: A team with Orlando's ambition and two open DP slots, and already having a striker position settled, and a holding midfielder position settled, and a goalkeeper position settled, and a good center defender settled, that could be a very scary team next year. Yeah.
0: Yeah, they could definitely transition and transition fast. Um, Houston went ahead and signed central defender Philippe Cinderos, uh, former uh, <laughs> Fulham, fuller, former lots of things. Yeah. Former red cards. Oh, oh Cinderos. Uh,
1: yeah, I have like just crazy memories of this guy uh, playing for Arsenal way back in the day, and I remember talking to a a guy that was an Arsenal fan. Uh, He looked at me and I was like, Sendero's looks okay. And he goes, nah, he's a donkey. (laughs) I've always had it in my mind that Sendero's is just like a big footed donkey since then. (laughs) So I don't know if I can get over that. He's on the older side. He's never been the most mobile guy. It's really hot in Houston. I'm interested to see how this one goes. But uh, definitely it's not like Houston has a luxury of great center backs, so anything that can that can add value to that back line is a good move.
0: Seattle went ahead and revolutionized all of the world by signing this young man, Lamar two five three Nagel. Lamar Nagel, I would <laughs> I feel like Lamar Nagel is just like it doesn't matter, he's coming
1: back to Seattle. Like that's always gonna happen. I feel like they've tried to get rid of him so many times and it just doesn't
0: stick. He's like a boomerang. That he should be his new back. nickname. Yeah, yeah, he's
1: been traded like three times, loaned out, sold, and he just always winds up back at Seattle. So here he is again. Um, I don't expect to see a ton of minutes for Lamar Nagel. No, probably not. But, uh, I, if he was on the outset D.C. and Seattle got him for, like, what, was
0: it a fourth-round pick?
1: Yeah. That's basically free
0: yeah no, it really is. I mean there's very little value associated with a fourth round pick. Uh, so I mean, and you know they needed help on the wings. they've needed help uh, up top at certain points of the season just due to injuries. This is not just a, a end of this season, it's also a next season type maneuvering and yeah. you know <laughs> they they got somebody of his caliber for free. Whereas, you know, you look at, at Ethan Finley, you look at Paul Areola, you look at all these other moves that were made. Better you know, players, think, to be fair. Yeah, absolutely. Better players. <laughs> but the drop off in cost is such, so yeah. exponential, it's yeah, it's not even was, funny, uh, so.
1: That was a no-brainer. That was basically DC
0: saying, hey, you guys want Lamar Nagel back? And Seattle so going, sure. Yeah. No, that's, that's exactly what happened, so. Yep. Good, good for Lamar for being able to come back home. Uh, that's got to yeah, be, yeah, yeah, yeah. be a cool I, experience. Yeah, I'm happy for him. Uh, speaking of people going back home or uh, getting away from DC, uh, Bobby Boswell escaped. Uh, oh, Bobby. It was funny because DCU Exile uh, put on Twitter today, like he said, this is the nicest place I've ever been six different times uh, in a three minute video uh, as they walked around the Atlanta facilities. And you, you kind of then look back and you're like, well, he's played at RFK for like 90% of his career. And the few years that he wasn't there, he was in Houston before Houston transitioned yeah. to their facility back when they rented from what like the University of Houston or whoever they yeah. were sharing the field with. So, yeah, he's never had a yeah, nice yeah, yeah. home. And it was kind of fun to see him like just overwhelmed by the sheer like luxury of. Atlanta United's. Uh... This is this is a
1: move I like just visually in my head, imagining like this Bobby Boswell, old guard MLS grit defender, being teamed up with this like Nuva Rich, uh, <laughs> brand new Atlanta sparkling glamour team. Uh, it's just funny to me. Like that's a that's a great match. Uh, I, I don't think he's going to be somebody that again you're getting a lot of minutes out of, but he's great to have as an option uh, if you need him.
0: Well, I think with Jeff Lorenowitz, you have to back him up at this stage. He's getting – Lorenowitz has so many miles mm-hmm. on those legs. Well, so it's Bobby Boswell. <laughs> that I, I think that this is just – well, okay. <laughs> Absolutely. And Boswell's been in large part um, awful for DC this year. So uh, the hope is you don't have to use him. But the other side of it is if you do, he's really just telling Perez where to run, right? Yeah, basically. So – He's a track cop. Yeah. I mean, he's the guy that's holding your line together, um, more so than Brad Guzon, because Brad Guzon's new too, so. Yep. Agreed. Pedro Santos, um, really, really interesting guy from Braga. I mean, I think if he can remain healthy from all intents, from everything I've seen, he could be a, a real, real DP, a real game changer in the likes that uh, Columbus hasn't seen recently. Yeah, uh, no maybe kind of like how Iguain was when he first came to Columbus. Yeah, I think that's kind of
1: the recipe they were looking to replicate again. Uh obviously Santos is going to be a little more out wide, but um it's cool, he's exciting. I like seeing players like this, like flashy kind of highlight guys. Uh in certainly creative and I think that there could be a lot of substance to go with that style with him so uh yeah this this looks cool I'm, I'm excited to see uh, Pedro Santos play
0: so LAFC finally brings in their very first play, well, quote unquote player well quote-unquote player obviously they've signed a few uh people no disrespect to Carlos Alvarez um that are uh, of much higher notoriety and that is uh, Carlos Viela, uh Viala, who comes from y'all so, I, and I always say that wrong. Uh, yeah. Think. It's uh, Real Sociedad. Okay, so I was uh, say, Carlos Vela. This is a guy with
1: pedigree. Um, he's a great player. He is going to be very good for LAFC, assuming they manage to acquire other players, which I assume they will. And they're not just going to run him out there with uh, <laughs> Carlos Alvarez. <laughs> but... uh Uh, It's somebody to build around. And, uh, you know, he's nominally been a winger. I think you're going to see him more up top with LAFC. I think that they're going to want him to be their main guy there. Um, He's not known for his work rate. I will say that. Uh, But the man is a goal scorer and uh, good with the ball at his feet. Goal creator. Uh, This could goal creator yeah this is a guy that just yeah this is a guy you start
0: with like if you want to make a splash so this was a great so pickup by let me ask you right now um since david via has there been a better player in this league that has come to mls i well i mean i, I don't
1: know like expectation wise probably not like a bigger star no i'd say not but obviously like there have been really good players that have come <laughs> to the league. But, well, I mean, like in the uh, last no. in the last two
0: and a half years since since via or three years or however long it's been since VIA showed up with NYC. Yeah. I mean, Nicholas Ladero is very good. Don't get me wrong. You know how much I love Poseidon, but the the issue that I have is I don't think that there's been one player that has a the pedigree nor the notoriety that uh, Vela has. I mean Schweinsteiger,
1: it just yeah maybe. maybe.
0: That's I mean that's I feel like fair. Schweinsteiger
1: came fair. in with a lot of things. Uh, it's just he's a big name player, and we don't get we still don't get a lot of those. So yeah, I see what you're getting at. This is potentially the next David Villa. I would I will say this with some reservations because David Villa has been you know not just on the field but off the field as part of the community and the league just embraced it with both arms yes. and. Uh, just been an absolute role model uh, just consummate professional on and off the field uh, with a lot of heart and desire that is not something that (laughs) I would associate with Carlos Vela (laughs) Um, so I I don't know if he'll be as beloved as David Villa has become even amongst fans of not New York City FC uh, but he is definitely a very skilled player and will be very very exciting to see to uh, see. Play next year.
0: So, uh, just I know we're kind of gaining towards the end, but I want to get your thoughts on a player that we probably are wasting too much breath on already. Christian Dean traded to Chicago yesterday. Yeah. I, I feel like it's almost a year or even eighteen months late to see him move.
1: Yeah. I don't. It's he's just another good young depth piece. We'll know in a few years if it was a good move
0: yeah totally fair but at the same time uh, at the time of the draft more people thought he was a better professional than Stephen Birnbaum and and granted while Birnbaum's had his you know his issues this year I think that it's really interesting that um, it's not even like Dean's really had an opportunity to prove himself or disprove those professional thoughts
1: yeah, I, he hasn't found a situation where he's gonna play a lot, and I think that's what he needs. And I don't think that this is necessarily it right now either. Uh, that might change in the off season, uh, but I don't think that this was brought in with an eye to be like a, a piece to build around that defense uh,
0: in in the near future.
1: But maybe a, another long term kind of goal.
0: Yeah, no, it'll be it'll be interesting to see uh, what they get out of him. Zoltan Stiber, winger. Coming from Bundesliga that two, see, yeah, we're about to hit a block at yeah. DC United <laughs> here.
1: Uh, cool, I like his name. <laughs> um, he's got he's got some decent uh, pedigree. Uh, you know, uh, Bundesliga two. Um, again, I think he's sort of like a player that's going to be out wide more. Um, DC certainly need all the offensive help they can get, and this looks like a good piece for that.
0: Yeah, no, uh, he's he's interesting in a lot of different ways. Um, I'm kind of interested just because the the associated transfer fees a little bit high for somebody that you know uh, I, I would have thought we're getting a higher pre- pedigree, um, but looking at like central midfielder uh, Russell Canaus, uh, uh, he's mm-hmm. coming from quote unquote high, uh, Hoffenheim. So but not really, right? Like uh, he's no, been on no. loan from multiple teams. He's not com- like, he's coming directly yeah. from them because he, they own his rights. but he yeah. too is this is not a Hoffenheimer. No right yeah. And, and even then, um, it's not as if they're getting someone that's going to be a game changer.
1: No, he's, 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 he's an interesting he's piece. Be, they're
0: yeah. building towards next year, and that's what I feel with yeah. like the Stiber, the Canuse, uh, like that. Those are these are solid. They're already upgrades to what they have.
1: Exactly. These are all things that make DC United better, and I know that's not a high bar, but it's an important one that they're actually
0: clearing this time. Um, so yeah, and not great. only that, but awesome. they're spending money to get past that bar, not necessarily yeah, taking exactly. gambles and taking people off the the. Wire, which they've been really successful at, and I don't want to, you know, cast dispersions about that. They've been very successful at piecemealing, you know, their team for the better half of, you know, five, six years, and finding, you know, maybe some, you know, not really great results some years, but on other years, finding really good results if everybody can yeah. stay
1: uh, can stay together. It's a it's a style, but it's a very high risk style yes. and it's not been paying off lately. So I, I, I applaud them uh, for this and for their next, probably their biggest move in a very, maybe I guess ever. No. Yeah. Ever. It's fair to say. Ever? Yeah, I think so. I mean, financially, certainly I, I don't know if he'll be their the greatest DC United player ever, but uh, we'd have to go back to like Jaime Moreno and Marco Echeverry. And, you know, you're talking about legends. there, like all time greats in the league. Right. Uh, but lately, let's 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 keep this. This is the biggest move in DC United memory,
0: right? And most text. fans' memory, MLS three point certainly. So Paul yeah. Ariola coming from uh, Zolos, Jolos. yeah. So yep. I feel like there's a lot of almost uh, consternation among fans that like he's really good gold cup piece that doesn't necessarily make him an MLS regular, let alone. $3 million transfer fee plus whatever they paid to uh, LA Galaxy for him. Well, let me tell you something about that.
1: In my opinion, let's hear your opinion. He's going to be a DC United regular. He's worth $3 million to DC United. This is a good player. They need good players, and you got to pay to get them. And yeah, it probably wasn't the ideal time to buy him, and his price was maybe a little overinflated. And we can wring our hands at the homegrown fees that they got to pay to the Los Angeles Galaxy for what seems like not a very good reason. I don't think anybody that's a DC United fan cares. And I don't think they should. This is a team that has been... Bottom of the barrel for so long when it comes to finances. Like, let them overpay a little bit for a player like this. Somebody to get excited about. Somebody to build around. It's good. It's a great
0: start. I'm really, really in favor of this move. Well, and that's the thing about Russell Canoose and, and Paul Areola. Both of them are 22. That DC United core is already relatively young. Uh, Luciano mm-hmm. Acosta is what? He's in his 20s. He's not very old. Yeah. You, you have Patty yeah. Mullins, Deshaun Brown. All of them in their 20s. Uh, Styber evens tw- only 28. I mean you're not talking about guys that o- overall this this team is getting substantially younger and very fast and not only that you have Ian harks, you have uh, Chris Durkin mm-hmm. you ha- you have all these other uh, pieces you know Steve Birnbaum, Bill Hamid, uh, Hamid obviously in the last year of his contract but uh, you know you have pieces that if you can figure them out, this we talked about like Orlando being a team that could just kind of surprise people next year DC United in a couple of years could really their growth with their with their youth program could accelerate their where their club lies within the patriarch of you know teams yeah i i'm really excited to see what happens at DC United they they have their
1: their fans uh and and the organization have just been far too Uh, like they just dealt with so much, and they've had to suffer through a lot, and uh, this is—it's
0: exciting to see them get out of checkbook and start start giving people a reason to be excited again. Um, so not major league baseball player Luis Gonzalez, but rather Venezuelan Mm -hmm. soccer star, and you know I think he has three caps to his name, Luis Gonzalez. He's coming on loan as an attacking midfielder and I just attacking midfielder wing central. I, I think he kind of does a little bit of both and it almost in some ways feels like they've, they've, they've found that piece that can help them off the bench. And, yeah. I don't think this is a, this is a major signing. Well, it's just I help. don't want to, and see, we say that. And I think that that's kind of been the, the attitude every time that this, We've come to him, and I don't say we, but every time the discussion turns to him during this transfer window, it's kind of been like he's help, and we move on. He's a really interesting piece, and some for a team that's needed that one player off the bench that they consistently rely upon. Uh, a collection of uh, Coleman and um, some of the different pieces that they have. Like names escape me right now, but they haven't necessarily had anybody off the bench. You know, I think Javier Morales is really disappointed as far as what they were kind of hoping that they'd get out of him this year, and yeah. obviously they've been sitting Diaz and, and not necessarily pushing him, and for a lot of reasons that makes sense. You know, They're probably they, they got a 50-50 chance for beating Sporty Kansas City for the top seed, but they're not getting supporter shield, so you know what? Maybe it makes sense in a lot of ways to rest up, and Luis Gonzalez can be a piece that maybe spells Mauro Diaz for a little bit going down the stretch and into the playoffs can be that impact sub off the bench.
1: Yeah, I don't. I see very little downside to a signing like this, um, and 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 you know it's an unknown upside. But obviously, uh, the people at Dallas are good at getting talent, and they're good at getting you know, reasonably priced talent at that. So this is a, uh, yeah, someone to look out for. I I don't have a ton to say on him at this point in time, uh, but I have a feeling if it works out the way Dallas thinks it does, we're going to be talking about him in, you know, September, October. So
0: Ethan Finley traded from Columbus Crew to, quote-unquote, home, uh, not Wisconsin, uh, to Minnesota. What – I I don't know.
1: I feel like Minnesota gave up too much for this. Um, yeah, allocation wise, I don't see the value that they're seeing in him. And I people on Twitter got kind of bummed at me yesterday because I was a little down on Ethan Finley, and I don't I don't want to be down on Ethan Finley. I like Ethan Finley, but he's two years out from his last really productive season, and this year he's been pretty abject. Um, and again, it's another position Minnesota doesn't really. Need a lot of reinforcements in. I mean, I guess Heath just doesn't care for Abara. Maybe that's just the deal. In which case, I know there are a lot of teams that would love to take him. Um, and maybe that's the plan. And this is the guy they're going to put instead. I'm, I'm underwhelmed by this this deal on Minnesota's behalf. I guess I would say.
0: I, I would totally agree with you that they overpaid, um, especially relative to what the market's been out with Dom, with Kevin Molino, with. Dax McCarty, all these moves that have been made. uh, I think that we can say they overpaid for a guy that they're hoping to be a reclamation project, right? That being said, his last two years, he's completely underperformed on his expected goals, and those two years before, 2015 and 2014, he vastly uh, overperformed. So yeah, and I think we know. I think we know I mean, why. Well, <laughs> it's it, it's, it, well we all, we say Kai. That's expected assists. But looking at expected goals and what he was able to... Yeah, where are all these goals
1: coming from? Yeah, he yeah. was
0: able to cut in and he was able... And I I think part of that might be an association of Harrison Awful that was able to overlap and give him that ability and give him that inside pass and help him a little bit and to help create. So I kind of like it and I kind of hate it. It, it. I'm kind of coming out neutral on this um, in the sense that I think that Ethan Finley is better than what he's been uh, both this year and uh, last year to a small extent. Um, he's not great defensively. He, he, he's... He's gonna win the tackles that he goes for, but the problem that you're, is, you're hoping that he goes for them. You know, he he has below average league defensive actions, which means he's it just kind of implies that he's not as busy. Doesn't necessarily mean he's bad defensively, but definitely, you know, it, it brings some questions to whether or not he's up and down, and especially when you're talking about having overlapping fullbacks and expecting those wide midfielders to cover. You'd expect Ethan Finley to at least be an average. There's no reason for him to be under the. Average, so it definitely brings questions to mind, especially being that he's joining a Minnesota team that has defensive. Um, <laughs> uh, Let's thrill. say franches. Yeah, that's that's a really good word. So definitely have some. Uh, I uh, I I question it I, too. Why, I guess
1: I, this comes. I really want good things for for the Minnesota United. I I love the whole loons thing. Uh, Their fans seem yeah. great. Uh, they play in a football stadium, but it's kind of cool because it's in Minnesota. I, I just like them, and I want them. I want good things for them. And they just seem to right now have this really scattershot approach to everything. And it's it's difficult for me to kind of see if there's any method to this madness. And I I, I I we haven't gotten any evidence of that yet. And this is just one more of those moves where you're just like, how did you well, – how did Columbus, like, bilk you for that much money? Yeah, (laughs) Like, for a position, you're just kind of like, yeah, maybe we can get another winger. Maybe this (laughs) is the guy. (laughs) Uh, Well, and... So, I I don't know. Well, it's such, like, a a hard thing to judge what's going to happen to a player when they go to Minnesota because I don't think that that system is in stone. I don't think that that strategy, that tactical system, I don't think that that's a set thing yet. And I don't know that you're going to see Adrian Heath there necessarily for that much longer either. So a lot can change. It's just a weird situation for a player to go into, especially one that's been struggling with consistency. Um, I don't know. Nick don't
0: Rogers, know. who's the president of Minnesota United, uh, he's alluded to the fact that they're modeling their their club and, and their transactional uh, approach and player um, uh, recruitment to, similar yeah. to Sporting Kansas City and FC Dallas. And you know, I heard Portland. Yeah. Sure? Okay. Well, on Twitter, I have tweets that specifically yeah. mention those two teams. You he, he could also point All out right. Portland, which you know, He probably just says a different. You know, he's fine. He's like, hmm, <laughs> who's really good
1: this week? Uh. <laughs> he's just more like, well, we were Portland, but we sort of
0: pivoted to SKC.
1: Maybe like Dallas.
0: Yeah, we like Dallas. <laughs> They're not like any. Of well, things, exactly, yes. and they're more like DC United and more like New England than they are anything. And that's not because they have owners that um, that don't care. They have owners that honestly don't want to spend money and they're they're financially yeah. conservative and that there's nothing necessarily wrong with that they're just going to have to piecemeal this in the same way that New England has and the, the way that DC has and that means it's going to take time to grow this team and it's going to take time and you're going to find some uh, a lot of misses in all the different players that you that you grab and you know that's that kind of falls okay. in line with where Ethan Finley's at you know what go loons. that's what i say <laughs> Uh, Vancouver Whitecaps, they acquired Aaron Mond. Um, yeah. Which, you know, as a result from Marcelo Silva taking taking the starting job, he looks to be headed north of the border for, I guess, a starting. I, I'm really not sure it, how much longer Kendall Waston has that spot. Does that mean that he's going to start challenging? Is he a depth move? Um, I, at least currently he's a depth move. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I I don't have a lot of good
1: statistical reasoning to back it up, but I really like Aaron Mom. He's an exciting defender, and I know you don't necessarily want your defenders to be exciting. <laughs> <laughs> he sure is. I like watching Aaron Mom play. So uh, yeah, I'm hopeful this works out for him.
0: So uh, and I'm gonna uh, more so than any other player, I'm probably gonna butcher this, but uh, Ayel Ghazal, um, yeah, who's the Egyptian fr- uh, central defender signed by vancouver very late uh almost like overnight i saw this as a yeah. like a last second rumor that this morning woke up to be official and i mean cool it has the
1: feelings of like an
0: impulse buy well i mean that's been vancouver for the past 12 months yeah um i i don't from freddie montero down
1: to bernie yeah I just feel as like an impulse buy. I, I don't know. He's a central defender. I don't know that that's. I mean, they've got Tchani that can kind of do that. They've got Laba. Now they got this guy. Okay. I don't know what to say. I don't know any, enough about uh, Ial Gazal to to really give a great scouting report. Unfortunately, uh, you know, speaking with our friend that does scouting abroad, you know, his report was that that he's kind of a uh, imposing, physical kind of player. Um, who is not very tidy in passing, but uh, is a, a decent ball winner. So, if that's the molds. That, like, describes th- Vancouver. <laughs> maybe he is the face of Vancouver. We just don't know it yet. But, uh, maybe, maybe Vancouver found... Uh, maybe he found Vancouver and, and saw this team and said, like, that's where I belong. Sign me. And
0: they said okay. Alright, so enough of Al Ghazal. Let's, yeah, let's just... Coffin, the most, um, and I was just saw this described in our Slack, uh, Nerd League Slack, as the most med trade of all time. Luis Gill for Dylan Powers. <laughs> yeah,
1: I don't know. Uh, that's good for Orlando. I don't really know what Colorado's getting out of this. See, you say that Luis Gill is twenty-three. Yeah, but he's. Yeah. I guess depending on how much you value Luis Gill is, is how you uh, ascertain whether or not.
0: Colorado's getting something out of this. Um, he just was so promising three, uh, two years ago. Not even three years ago. Two years yeah. ago.
1: I don't know. It's like the Ethan Finley thing. Someone's got to bring him back up to that potential.
0: Is that Colorado? I have my doubts. What do you think about Dylan Powers for uh, Jason Christ Cool. Uh,
1: I like Dylan Powers a lot. I mean, I think that he's sort of a guy that has, I think, if he had been at any other team but Colorado, you'd know a lot more about him, or he'd you'd, you'd be a lot more prominent. I think he's a really good player. Um, I don't know that he's going to be like a starter next year or anything like that. But even in this meantime, like he's he's an interesting piece for Jason Christ to work with. I think this was a really really good trade for Orlando. I think
0: they won it pretty handily. Most of our expecting passing scores have him have Powers ranked really low. Um, really? Yeah, surprisingly enough, uh, which is, um, I guess, a little bit surprising, although uh, his passing patterns kind of match that of what I would think a 10 is in the fact that he's pr- uh, attempting a lot of low percentage attacking uh, passes. So he's doing that from deep, too. <laughs> that that That's a good point. So I would think that maybe the distance of his passes uh, plays something to do with that as well. So.
1: I like Dylan Powers. I, I, like, I like him in Orlando better than I do Colorado. Because.
0: All right, we're going to skip over this next one real fast so we can end on him. Callum Malice to the Seattle Sounders. Um, speaking of meh, uh, he, he's midfield depth, so whatever. It's cheap. He's midfield depth. They had a roster spot. Okay. So the drama that has pretty much surrounded uh, the league since Dom Dwyer left okay we are at this recording time
1: i think it's finally set i think we've got it all i think worked out
0: christian namath winger new england revolution why yeah (laughs) oh i'm so mad
1: about this Um, like
0: like, i guess he plays striker for them i mean that's that's i mean he's legitimately going to change from a winger to a striker
1: i don't i don't know I don't know what New England wants with him. I mean, I get it. He's a good player, and he's a good attacking player. But New England has so many good attacking players. And their uh, attack is, like, working so well right now. It's their defense that's completely failing them. (laughs) Like, they're generating so many chances. And, like, it's just like, why are you going to disrupt that? Like, SKC has defensive players, like, on their second, third string that you could use. I don't get it.
0: I I don't get it. I I think you're, yeah.
1: This is what has happened. I'm glad to have him back in the league. Um, I cannot believe that he ended up on New England and not Kansas City, which I thought was a given, especially how much allocation money SKC has at their disposal. This seemed to be the guy they really, really wanted. I I don't know how this didn't work out.
0: I have a feeling he didn't think this was how it was going to work out either. No, very much so. Um, It, yeah, I don't know how he slots in except for besides besides Juan Agadello up top. Um I guess maybe if they do a, a that 4-3-1-2 that they've kind of been doing at yeah. at times or and if not, I don't know how. Like I don't know where he sits up because Juan Aguadello, I moving him out of your team uh makes you worse. Terrible. O- outside of maybe maybe seven or seven or so strikers in this league. Yeah. And and I'm not talking about like, you know, domed wire. I don't
1: get it. This is going to be a crazy thing that happens. And, uh, my hope for new England is that it bolsters their attack, which is already good and makes it somehow better. Um, my concern is that it disrupts it. Uh, and that they have to kind of like change things up to, 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 to work this guy in. Uh, And if that happens, then it's just a total failure. (laughs) Because it's working well now, uh, and they didn't uh, really get this kind of guy that they need. I don't know. We'll see. We will see. Uh, This is just something that I found very, very surprising,
0: that this is how this wound up. All right, so real fast, looking back, what team gained the most? And and really, what team out of here do you think came away the best I don't want to say winners. Winners and losers seems. I don't know. I don't like that. I, I guess just what team bettered themselves the most. Uh,
1: I think it has to be DC, right? I don't really know how else. Like, I I don't think that it's gonna show itself right away. I don't think it's gonna turn DC into like the must-watch team of the second part of 2017 or anything. But when you look at where they were and you look at what they have to look forward to over the next couple of years. I think they did the most substantive steps this month and really mainly just yesterday <laughs> um, to kind of stake uh, their future out a little bit. So I'm going to give
0: them uh, the most improved team award. I, I'm going to, I'm going to give mine to Orlando city. I think yeah what they've yeah, done with Dom with Yoshi and with Dylan you kind of already stole stole whatever rant I could go on but uh, you, you did a much better job than probably I would do articulating everything they are really deep now and they've got a lot of different pieces a lot of versatile pieces going forward uh, if they can make the playoffs they can make some noise Yep. and then next year I'm going to go ahead and call Orlando City is going to be a team to contend with What team did not improve their, their, their team enough? This is easy. Um, Toronto. They didn't improve it at all. <laughs> <laughs>
1: they didn't have to. It's fine. Like They just didn't play in this transfer market very well. Uh, or wait, no. You know what? Philly. Obviously, Philly needed to improve and didn't. Philly. Philly loses.
0: Sorry, Philly. No, I, I, they very much disappointing with what Philadelphia did in this transfer window, which was a lot of nothing.
1: Did they add somebody? I feel like they brought no. in like Valdez. Didn't they bring in like a, a no. defender
0: that used to have came back? No, I think I'm right about this. I'll look this up later. But you you go look you go look it up, and I will I will append this uh, podcast. Yeah, come in
1: uh, Arrested Development style. Go. He was right. <laughs> they didn't. <laughs> and uh, yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So I think Phillies are, 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 we, we hate to say loser, but they, they know, they know that they, that they, they underperformed here.
0: So last segment real fast. Um, we actually had a listener question. Uh, Mr. Jacob, uh, I'll, I'll withhold your last name. Cause I know that even on Twitter, you uh, have kind of an anonymous, or I think you did have an anonymous uh, Twitter handle. Anyways, Jacob, who we know and love, ask the question, I'd like a quantitative breakdown of TAM to GAM ratio and how many Dax McCarty's Paul Areola is worth. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. Uh... I Alright, so first of all, I want to preface this with the fact that uh, I know he's joking, and he was joking around when he said it, but uh, yeah, I, I. aside from the teams that were mentioned uh, and game players, there's also teams like Columbus, who as we mentioned, got... Gam and Tam from Minnesota and Kansas City, who gained a good amount of league uh, currency from in both general and targeted allocation. However, while all of us are kind of like blown away by the amounts that were received, uh, Sporting getting over north of a million, and really the largest amount that we've seen exchanged via trade within MLS. And then Columbus mm-hmm. Crew, with over four hundred thousand, and uh, they got oh,
1: three hundred and fifty from uh, New England for oh, the. Oh yes. MLS deal. So yeah. Filing. Good call. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It, so, I mean, those two uh, combined, I mean, it was a lot of money that was uh, being splashed around and really outside of like the Eddie Johnson trade that we heard that was maybe 400,000 in allocation. But I mean, like, what is that? Uh, don't really know. That's all um,
1: allocation money though. That was
0: pre-TAM. I mean, this is, yeah, this is the new economy. Absolutely. And with that, um, you can't help but kind of think that there is much of this is the valuation of the currency is starting to kind of de- decline. I guess is is the actual word, and but it sounds negative. Um, the the reality is, gam and tam are both like fiat currencies, and this was pointed out uh, by one of the former guests of our show, uh, Tioto Ful- Football. Um, so many of you guys go by your Twitter Twitter handle. Just come out, say what your name is. Yeah, um, we'll call him Jacques. Jacques. Uh, yeah, I don't remember what we called them on the, on the podcast Sean and I had. Uh, but yeah, it, it's backed by the league. The, the fiat currency is backed by the league. It's only used for MLS budget, budgets. Uh, its value is related to what is available in circulation. And it's the degree of commodities that it can purchase, right? Or buy down in this case. Uh, so yes. going back to over the last two years, we've seen MLS expand upon how much currency is available, and that devalues it, which in this case has lowered it to such a degree that teams are are becoming more and more willing and comfortable with parting for it. So, um, you know, additionally, there is coming around next year, we kind of already alluded to this, and there's about 2 million more TAM coming into the league. and. Honestly, I think this is why we're seeing the valuations of international uh, international uh, roster spots—they're starting to inflate. Um, We're starting to see players traded for you know gam and tam more frequently now. Um, Yeah, I I I think this is all associated with those key uh, aspects. Um, The talk is that like I guess tam is like or gam and tam was worth like three times more than what you know the Associated Dollar is. So, you know, uh, if that's, that uh, was kind of thrown around, I think, on the, uh, the MLS podcast, I think is what Ben Bear said. I, I feel like that's a little heavy, um, but, I mean, honestly, I don't know what the actual financial valuation of individual GAM is.
1: Yeah, I think from now on, also, we need to, when we speak in terms of amount of TAMs, we need to do it in, in Dax McCarty's and just have that <laughs> be like two or three Dax McCarty's. Uh it's an interesting situation you're right about that. Uh I don't I don't think you can value it like 3 to 1 very effectively uh just simply because there's such different methods of currency,
0: right? No, absolutely. And not only that, but GAM is much more flexible and it applies to to more scenarios. So it, it's a little bit no more nuanced, right? And that n- intrinsically makes it more valuable to TAM and target. And there's allocation. like this idea like with if you're a big spending
1: club like Toronto, who seems to like have a lot of money, actual money money. I think make
0: money, money, make money, money.
1: Yeah, I think uh, Tam and Gam are, are more valuable to you because like that's what there's a scarcer supply of and the biggest enemy of big spending teams is the salary cap, and there's only one method for relief on that, and it's this. Like this has gotta be the most valuable thing in an MLS
0: team's arsenal, in my opinion. Well, not only that, but it also—I mean—it's league money, right? It's yeah. so you have teams like Columbus, like Sporting, like DC, and like New England that don't want to, you know, pay out their owners' money. So this mm-hmm. covers them. This this enables these teams to actually go ahead and and make moves that they normally couldn't make. Yep, agreed. I I I, I what was the three times? Yeah, that's that's what I think Ben Bear threw out, uh, and I think Matt Doyle m- pushed it to four. I, I yeah, I, again, I don't know necessarily if that's fair valuation or not. Um, I would be inclined
1: to say higher, almost. I mean, it's just it's it's so specialized and it's so valuable, and just the ability to pay down your cap. I mean, that's gotta be worth a lot more than a regular dollar that you can only go buy someone from abroad with.
0: Yeah. So um, in the end, uh, if you absolutely needed a, a question, um, approximately he's worth like you know four point three two. Uh, uh, Dax McCarty's Paul Ariel is cool. I did, don't. Please don't check my math. I, I literally <laughs> just made that up. Okay. <laughs> uh, aside from that, uh, there you go, Jacob. There you go. End uh, a podcast, right? And yeah topics segments all done uh big thanks to all our supporters for supporting us bill reno uh newfound glory uh the electric science and their ever demanding quest for the clausera uh thank you very much all you all uh andrew beck you make people sad with your A- andy rose uh comments um please don't do that anymore yeah. yeah it's really sad yeah please go out to itunes or whatever you podcasts on rate review us yeah i mean we got a bit of love last week. Do you see the tweets? I, I, I saw some tweets. I didn't see some tweets. I'll, I'll retweet them I'll, I'll, I'll All right. well, put just, you in just, there. Yeah, just put them in the Slack. I'll, I'll check them out. Okay. I like good tweets.
1: Yeah. If you have any questions or want to hear something talked about on this show, you should tweet Harrison or myself or uh, Analysis
0: Evolved, right? Isn't that a good way to do that? Yes, yeah. Well, it, what's, uh, Twitter handles at 16th. Doc, yeah, at Harrison underscore Crow at Analysis Evolved, which is the American Soccer Analysis uh, Twitter handle because American Soccer Analysis is too long. Yeah, <laughs> it is. It's
1: way too long for a Twitter
0: handle. It really is. We, it's the best that we could come up with. Um, go out to American Soccer dot com. Uh, we got expected goals data. We have expected passing data. You know, uh, we did some epl draft a few of us started an epl nerd league team uh this past week and do you know how hard it is to find information on epl expected goals like i it is almost impossible so like the fact that we do that for mls is pretty cool and i think more people should check that out Um, definitely it's quite a resource expected passing go out there. Kevin Minkus has an article up this, week, this past week on San Jose and their new rela- relationship with uh, a data provider and tracking data. So uh, that's really good stuff. Please go click, 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 click all of it um, everywhere. Let's do it. Ian, anything else, buddy? You want me to try another catchphrase for yes. closing? Yes, I, I, yes please. Alright,
1: let's see how this one works. And that's analysis done the American way. We're gonna say no to that. That's we're going to, I'll come up with another one for next week. Uh, this is uh
0: audio, so we're dirty. See you later. Shut we're your out. face. High school jerks. We're about to show you how this works. Are we cool? Laser beams. We're about to awesome all your dreams. And you'll say, what are you? Some kind of
1: computer. A cyborg pimp from the future, and I'm going deaf for cheesy.